Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill, your spot for all your UNC apparel. This is the football recruiting podcast, the second edition of, of myself, Ross Martin, hosting alongside Inside Carolina's football recruiting guru, Don Callahan. Don, how are you? I am wonderful. Um, how did your uh, trip to the mountains go? It was good. It was a guy's trip with some family up to Mount Leconte, uh, hiked up there, stayed up at the top of Mount Leconte, and I saw a bear yesterday on our kind of our drive back through the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. So that was cool. Are you sure it's pronounced Leconte? Yeah, it's spelled like Leconte, but it's, uh, it's uh, okay. Leconte. Yep. Okay. Well, that's cool. Got it's away tough. from uh, Chapel Hill a little bit. That's right. A little slow time and in, in, in team coverage. But you've done some traveling as well, and that's the focus of this podcast. We're going to break down um, your trip to Charlotte to visit uh, highly touted UNC, line, UNC linebacker target Trent Simpson. You went to Greensboro. We're going to talk about that and a trio of very talented defensive tackles. We're going to dive into Clemson dominating recruiting, not just locally, but in terms of uh, nationally and how their reign seems to, you know, with this recruiting pool is going to be going on for a long time. Then we're getting to our new top five. Um, we're going to recap uh, last week's with my trip to five guys and then um, get your submissions, the fans, the listeners on the top five, um, what was it, targets, I guess, or, or wish list, guys? How would you phrase that, Don? Well, for the fans, we, we phrased it wish list, but for us, it was, um, I guess, because we're supposed to be objective, right? Right. Um, so it was kind of like, I guess, targets, you know, best for the class sort of thing, you know, best for UNC, not necessarily who we would want on there, if that makes sense. Good stuff. So let's dive we, right in. Yeah, we have a new one. Do we want to give that real quick before we we sure, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, um, the top we're going to do top five recruiting territories, and we'll let you kind of define recruiting territories. But we're thinking more along the lines of Greater Charlotte area, the Tidewater area, South Florida, Miami, um, Greensboro, um, Northern Virginia, um, Upstate South Carolina, Lower State. I mean, wherever you think, uh, if you if you follow recruiting, you have an idea of, of the main one. So your top five, make sure that you you tweet your top five to me at Don Callahan, IC, or PM them to me on the message board, which is just, I think, Don Callahan. Um, and you can actually make a post within the thread for this this. Um, uh, this podcast, but make sure you include, in, in addition to your top five, include your first name. We don't need your last name, your first name and your location. And we're not going to to hunt you down or, or find out where you live or anything like that. That's just so that we can kind of separate each each submission from, from the, the rest. So I'll let we'll, you. We'll get ahead. into that more when we get to the top five, which will always come at the end of the episode. Um, right now, let's get into uh, what we're talking about, and that's your your trip to Charlotte to Mallard Creek, Don. Talk to Trent Simpson, which I think is is one of the top targets for UNC in the 2020 class. Uh, let's get a quick breakdown of that visit, what you learned. There's a premium article on Inside Carolina right now 
Um, but what were your major takeaways from that trip? Well, the main one is is that, and this is not, I guess, a surprise, but uh, Mile Creek is definitely a hot spot for college recruiters. When I was there, there was probably at least uh, five five uh, coaches who were watching the practice with me. I also went the, to Huff High School, and we ran a story on um, on uh, uh, Evan Pryor, who's going to be one of the top 2021 20, guys. But um, you're asking me about Trent Simpson. I mean, the thing with him is, is as those who've been following his recruitment know, he narrowed his list of contenders down to a top five. He uh, plans on taking official visits to, to all of those five. Um, it actually has official visits scheduled with three of the five and has a tentative visit scheduled with uh, Miami also. The troubling part for North Carolina fans, and I'm not trying to be negative here, um, <laughs> Because that's apparently a bad thing. Uh, he does not have an official visit with North Carolina. Now, the good news is that the majority of his his visits, or really all of his visits, are taking place in June, which means he'll be out of school. So, so his ability to take in during the week, you know, midweek official visits is um is definitely an option. But um, I mean, it, it's 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 important for North Carolina to to get an official visit. Um, unless, of course, he plans on committing to Carolina um, and then just kind of saving his official visit for uh, for the season, which is also entirely possible. So and what his four, can you go through the four official visits that he's scheduled he ha- already? Yes. So he has Auburn on May 31st, Tennessee on June 7th, Georgia on June 14th, and Miami tentatively scheduled for June 21st, which is essentially – those four weekends in a row but again like I, I mentioned he could take a midweek and not miss any school because he's not going to be in school um you know he might miss some workouts with Mallow Creek which I, they they take that very seriously at Mallow Creek because they're football power and they take football seriously but as I mentioned earlier I mean one of the things that really kind of stuck out to me with him and this wasn't from this trip but I was looking back through my notes and he had a very interesting quote for me back on the story we posted on March 11th. And the, I'm just going to read the quote out. And um, and I'm going to actually ask Ross what his take of this quote is. All yeah, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. Even though I go up there all the time, I might hold one, meaning one official visit, for during the season just to make sure I get up there with all the recruits just to get that family feeling again. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes me think, you know, that's where he wants to go, and he wants to take that big official visit with all the other commits. Yes, and that was my take also. So there's kind of like this, there's not a whole lot of like, I guess, quote-unquote rules you can kind of stick to when it comes to recruiting, but the one that I have always kind of um, held the highest, I guess, is the official visit rule, and again, this is just my rule, is is very, 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 very rare for a kid to sign with a school that he has not officially visited. And if you go back and look, there's very few, um, I guess, situations where that has happened. Chaz Surratt was one of them. And the reason why he did it was because he, because of his injury, he couldn't play basketball, and he decided at the last moment that he wanted to enroll early, or else he would have definitely taken an official visit. The only other one I could think of off the top of my head was Del Von Simmons. Does that name ring a, ring a bell to you, Ross? does not. All right, so this was this was a while ago. This was back when John Blake was a, a defensive line coach at North Carolina. So this is the Bush Davis era, and he actually took official visits to a bunch of other schools. He's he's a PA defensive lineman. He's a four star guy. 
And then I guess he didn't like those options and then just suddenly decided to commit and sign with North Carolina. Um, and then a bunch of different things happened, you know, coaching staff changes and everything like that. And he asked to be released from his um, letter of intent. And after a couple of months of kind of going back and forth, North Carolina released him from that, that letter of intent. So obviously that didn't end well. So yes. So I guess my whole point of all that is that it's very important for North Carolina to host Trent Simpson for an official visit. If he's going to guarantee the official visit for the fall, great. Um, but um, North Carolina has to get that official visit um, if, if they want to make sure they sign him, in, in my opinion. Good stuff. And, I mean, Trent Simmons is a big-time player. I'm looking at his profile right now. Four-star guy, top 100 guys, ranked 67 by the 24-7 Sports Composite. The number four outside linebacker nationally. So he's one of the best linebackers in the country. Number two player in the state of North Carolina. And he just got offers from Alabama, Florida, and Ohio State. So big schools are coming after him. Um, but he already has a really good offer list. I mean, it, you've seen a lot of players. Where does this guy kind of rank up? What's his talents? What does he bring to a team like UNC? What could he bring to a team like UNC? Well, he's a guy that from the get-go, when I, when I saw him in person, I saw him moving around in practice. It was, I believe it was last, I think it was last August, I think, uh, or maybe it was last May. I, I, I have to go back and look, but um, he has all the tools. And it was just at that time when I saw him, he was focusing on running back. And I was like, oh, this guy's not a running back. This is, this is an outside linebacker. This is an elite outside linebacker. So from, for a very, very long time, I have been actually his biggest cheerleader when it comes to <laughs> the 24-7 uh, rankings. And um, I, I don't know how much my word did for uh, Barton Simmons and guys who, who handled the rankings, but I definitely – uh, was telling everyone who I could that this guy needs to be a four star. He did become a four star. Um, like I said, he's a long guy, uh, can cover a lot of space. He'll make tackles. Uh, he, he's a guy that uh, will take up a lot of ground. Um, great in pass coverage. He also, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, he plays for a uh, a powerhouse in the state of North Carolina. And with that, I mean, he's getting unbelievable coaching. I feel like uh, uh, Trip Stone, the defensive coordinator there at Mallow Creek is one of the best defensive minds in the state of North Carolina. And just look at look at what Mallow Creek has done since he's been there the last, I don't know, five years or so. Um, they, they always field one of the best defenses. So so uh, Trent's getting great coaching. He's going to come into North Carolina or wherever he may sign um, with uh, you know a, a great understanding of defense, uh, but also – the ability to still be, be able to fill out his body and grow and, and, and develop. Good stuff. Um, definitely a big time target. The one thing I was I kind of wrote about down about him is, is how important the Mauer Creek kind of pipeline is to, to UNC. Uh, multiple players, you know, have come from there to UNC and they have, they have a, he has a teammate, right? That UNC is going after. Yes. Quentin Williams. And we will actually have a story up probably by the time you guys listen to this, we'll have a story up on Quentin Williams. Also uh, different. I mean, he's a three-star guy, so he's his, uh, his list a little bit different, um, but he, um, he just came out with his top five. Also um, North Carolina is a major player in his recruitment. Um, so, so yes, I mean, you landing, I, they're not a package deal at all. Um, both of them actually talk about, that in, in the two updates that, that I have done or will do with the two teammates. But um, you got to think that 
if North Carolina if North Carolina lands one, they'll land. It will help them land the other for sure. There you go. And we're recording this on a Wednesday morning, and we expect to get this out Thursday, I think, after we get some editing done. Okay, that's our Charlotte trip. Anything else to, to take away from Mallory Creek or any other visits that we need to inform the listeners of, Donald? Um, well, really from the Charlotte trip, uh, really nothing else. I mean, we have a bunch of stuff. I also went by um, uh, Monroe High School, which is just outside Charlotte, that has a, uh, a top, top, top uh, a 22, uh, a 2022 recruit. Um, and we'll actually talk about a big time uh, 22 guy later on in this podcast too. But, uh, and then also on my way back home, I swung through um, Richmond County. So we'll have updates on all those guys and all the guys from Mellow Creek and, and Huff. If they're not up there yet, they'll be up there soon um, from my, uh, my visits to those places for sure. Good stuff. Okay, moving on to Greensboro, uh, 336. You stopped by uh, Dudley, which has two players that you looked at that UNC is looking at, and Grimsley, which has a very young player that's one of you think could be one of the better players in the nation uh, by the time you know he becomes a junior and senior. Let's dive into that. Um, yeah, Miles Murphy, I guess, is a good place to start at, at Dudley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the thing, I guess, um, that's the – the, and I knew it kind of, I, I set up this, these visits, so I knew it, but then when you're actually leaving Grimsley to go to Dudley and, and you just left one of the top, uh, 2022 guys in Travis Shaw, I mean, I believe the rankings haven't been out yet because it's too soon for him, but I mean, he's definitely a, a four star, four star guy, no doubt. I think he really is going to be a five-star and it's so early to say that. And I really think he's going to be up there and be ranked um, equivalent to uh, Des Evans, who we talked about last podcast. I mean, that's, that's how highly I think this kid is. But so you're staying there, you just left with him and then you put in your, your GPS to go to Dudley and it's literally 10 minutes away and you go into another school and you have two other massive D linemen, one miles Murphy, who we'll talk about a lot. Um, who's a, is a, 20 uh 2020 guy who obviously is you know front and center because he's the main class right now but he's a four-star guy that north carolina is in a battle with and then you have peyton page who has over 30 scholarship offers and is already ranked in the composite 247 as a five-star guy it's just amazing just what you have defensive line talent wise in just such a small area and I'm just going to ask you, you are, you were from Greensboro. You actually went to Grimsley. What, what's going on over there that has, uh, have you guys producing such not only huge human beings, but huge human beings that move around like ballerinas. <laughs> I mean, Dudley's always been a pretty good, uh, football pipeline. I think they had a, a defensive back signed to you or committed to UNC. They eventually went to Virginia tech. Um, They've always had some athletes at Dudley, but Grimsley, I mean, they haven't had anybody that's gotten major interest since, I guess, the guy who went to Clemson, that big uh, DJ Reader um, is the last guy I can remember. I mean, it's not known. And before him was Ross Martin, right? That's right. Yeah, on the swim team. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's strange. That, I mean, you're saying this guy could be a, a top 20, top 10 guy nationally coming from Grimsley, and that's crazy because it's definitely not a football powerhouse, but it's it's good to see it. And I mean, it's nuts. I mean, I obviously go to Greensboro a lot for family and it's, you know, it's exactly an hour from UNC. So it's next to 
Raleigh. I mean, it's the it's the next biggest city in terms of a, a growing football, um, you know, location. And Virginia Tech has been recruiting out of Greensboro recently, but it's very close to Chapel Hill, and it's a it's a growing area with a lot of suburban. Um, little towns and a lot of high schools and a lot of growing high schools. I know um, TJ blanking on his name, the running Logan. back. TJ Logan, Logan. Was, was from Greensboro Northern. So yep. definitely talent, talent, definitely talent there. So what's going on with Miles Murphy's uh, recruitment? I pulled up his profile here. Like you said, 6'4", 260, uh, ranked 106 nationally in the 24-7 sports composite and a guy that um, is obviously being recruited by a lot of big schools, a lot of SEC schools, along with uh, the Tar Heels. Well, he narrowed it down to five. Last week, I think it was. Um, what are the five? Alabama, Florida, LSU, UNC, and South Carolina. And we actually ran a full um, update on him on, I guess it was Tuesday, uh, where he discusses, he actually set up an official visit with North Carolina. He, he breaks all that down. The official visit North Carolina is scheduled for mid-June. He also has official visits scheduled with South Carolina, Alabama, and I. he told me he had one at LSU, wasn't sure on the date, gave me a date, and then when I went to kind of look it up, it was during the dead period, so it's definitely not going to be during that, on that date. <laughs> uh, he's also trying to find uh, a spot for uh, Florida. It's the only school that he doesn't have an official visit scheduled to. And then he hopes to make a decision in the summer. But, uh, I mean, this is a guy that – he doesn't give a whole lot away. He's very careful with what he says, but um, I, I think North Carolina has a really good shot at this. I know the crystal ball says, uh, I think a hundred percent to South Carolina, but um, I spent about, uh, I spent about a couple hours there um, at, uh, at Dudley uh, about an hour kind of hanging out with those guys. And then another hour watching practice or so. Um, and uh, I mean, that's just the vibe I get. Maybe it helped. I'm sure. During practice, uh, the on the sidelines was uh, Lonnie Galloway and Tim Cross, UNC assistant coaches. So, um, but yeah, I definitely got the vibe that North Carolina is a strong player in this, and it's just you know going back to my amazement, which I'm sure people are probably sick of hearing about. But uh, you you look at Miles and you see Peyton Page right next to him. He was just a huge human being, and he's really just a just a big kid. One of the you know the goofiest kids um, will play jokes on you and and kind of mess with you and all that sort of stuff while you're there. He was, you know, when I'm interviewing him, he had some weird helmet on. I don't know if it was a football helmet. I don't know what it was, but uh, just a you know um, happy kid to kind of hang out with. Um, his, his situation is obviously a little different. He's uh, he has like I don't know something like 34 scholarship offers, and he's looking to narrow it down to 20 and um which if you think about it if he narrows it down to 20 which is he hopes to have it in the, i think in the next couple of weeks we'll have a full update on him by the way um it's just for him he just can eliminate you know 15 or so schools and, and kind of wow. move forward you know it's just kind of a step-by-step process and i'm for looking, him. At pro- looking at the profiles here i mean you have miles murphy ranked 106 peyton page who goes to dudley with miles murphy He's not ranked in the composite yet, but 24-7 Sports has him ranked number six in the nation. Yeah. So you're talking about this guy is going to be a five-star, I'd imagine. Yes. Um, when he kind of – when he, maybe next year when they kind of get those rankings out. So that's going to be a pretty incredible defensive line 
next season. And then down the road, like you said, there's another five-star defensive tackle in Travis Shaw. Um, don't want to spend too much time talking about 21 kids and 22 kids, um, but you think UNC is in good spots for both these Dudley kids? Is that kind of the takeaway, I guess? Yeah, and kind of um, piggybacking on what you said earlier about just the distance. You know, our distance has really played into North, Car- North Carolina's favor with both of the, or actually all three of these situations. You know, Travis has made very few visits, which is to be expected because he's younger, but he's made, I think, like three or four visits to North Carolina this offseason alone. And um, we'll have an update on him, and, and we'll post that, uh, I, I guess, later this week, maybe early next week. I'm not exactly sure. But um, so he kind of talks about why he's made so many visits to North Carolina. But, you know, he definitely mentioned the fact that it's so close. And it kind of brings back to the fact that really it's an area that North Carolina, Charlotte, you can make some excuses for when you lose a guy there. But Greensboro, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ross, I feel like there there shouldn't be an excuse for losing a guy in Greensboro because it's so damn close to Chapel Hill. And there's no other school that's really as close. Am well, I Wake, wrong? Wake Forest is closer. Um, okay. That was a mistake on your part right that, there. That was. But should North Carolina lose a recruit to Wake Forest? No. They should not, Don. Um, Virginia Tech, though, has made some inroads there. and they are they about, They're about two and a half hours away from there. Um, but it seems like UNC is is more on the up in recruiting, yes. while Virginia Tech had a lot of transfers this year and and some sketchy stuff there. Um, but they've been well, picking- and transfers with guys who were from that area too. DJ Cross and you know, there's a yeah, pops in like, yeah, quarterbacks and stuff. I'm sure you yeah. see all that on message boards. Um, good stuff. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. All the defensive tackle. Uh, talent. I remember talking to some guys, and that's the hardest position to recruit because it's so rare to have guys who are six three, six four that weigh over two hundred and sixty pounds, pushing three hundred, that can move as quick as you need them to at defensive tackle. It's the hard, you, it's so hard to find those type of athletes. So to have three uh, in in successive classes twenty, twenty one, twenty two right down the road, that's a, a real big opportunity for UNC um, in the next three classes. And um, so that, that's a positive to just have – because they're going to be able to take unofficial visits, whereas recruits from you know, out of state probably weren't going to be able to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was a great point by me, wasn't it? It was. I, I was impressed. I was – it kind of stunned <laughs> me. It stunned me a little bit. You noticed that I was speechless. I got one question for you. You said you're hanging out with these kids at Dudley. Do they? Do you think they like enjoy spending time with you, hanging out with Don Callahan? I think so. I mean, <laughs> well, all right. So when I was hanging out with the Dudley kids, it probably, I, I guess so, because they got out of lifting a little bit. And I mean, most guys do do like lifting, but these guys are kind of like, I mean, they're just kind of goofy. Now, in a lot of situations, like for example, I don't know if I should even mention the kid's name, but um, this was during the school day. And we were waiting for his teammate to get out of um, an AP class. And this other kid, uh, he was like, I'm just going to hang out with you until my teammate gets here, which ended up being another 30 minutes to an hour. And his mentality was, I either hang out with you or go to class. And it was an easy, no-brainer decision for him to hang out with the Don Callahan as opposed to studying French or whatever class he was he was missing at the time. But – um, I don't know. I guess you would have to ask uh, Paige and uh, 
and Miles Murphy that question. Or, or I could ask Ross. Ross, I mean, you've you've spent some time, some quality time with with Don Callahan. Is it is it worth missing out some lifting? Uh, yeah. I mean, anything you get out of uh, what you don't want to do. Really, you're a great guy, Don. All right, moving on. So we're out of Greensboro. Anything else to recap that, Don? No, I mean that was that was the three guys I went there to see and went there and and basically left. <laughs> Great, and obviously something to keep uh, a look into with Miles Murphy being the more recent 2020 kid that's taking visits this summer. Excuse me, um, and of course the the 21 kid out of Dudley and 2022 guy from Grimsley. We're going to take um, a quick commercial break here. The Inside Carolina podcast is brought to you by Johnny T-shirt. It's an online and a store on Franklin Street, a Chapel Hill tradition for over 35 years. It's locally and alumni-owned, and they focus only on UNC gear, which is different from a lot of their competitors on Franklin Street. It's the best customer service, and you can visit the store on game day or online at johnnytshirt.com. And so I see subscribers get a 10% code with a discount code provided on the premium message board. So remember to check out johnnytshirt.com anytime you're in Chapel Hill or online. All right. The next topic we have on the docket here is Clemson. Uh, we talked about South Carolina making inroads into North Carolina on the last podcast. And this time you mentioned this topic. And it's, it's a national topic about just Clemson's domination in recruiting. Um, what's your, your main takeaway from that, uh, Don, and what you kind of wanted to uh, discuss? Well, just basically, I've been super impressed. And just when you think it can't get any better, actually, you know it's going to get better because then you are like, oh, well, this top guy is going to decide next week. And and he's, um, you know, he's considering Clemson very strongly. But if you just look at the 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 24-7 sports composite uh, team rankings, it's just amazing. They're number one with 290 point zero six points the second the second place team is alabama who has 263.9 points which is almost almost 30 points separate clemson from the number two and just to keep it more in perspective north carolina which is which is nine which is very good clemson has over a hundred points more than north carolina north carolina's points 184.57 and just for those who don't understand what points i'm talking about um there's a formula which we don't need to go into, and I don't really even understand it, and I'm sure Ross doesn't either. That takes your um, your commitments, I guess, um, rankings, and kind of puts it all together, spits it out, and those are the points you get, and those points determine where you're at in the in the rankings. And obviously, the better recruits you have, the the higher your points. Um, but it's just amazing that North Carolina is ninth, which is very, very, very respectable, and still over 100 points less than Clemson. Have you been tracking this at all, Ross? Yeah, I listened to um, the CBS 24-7 Sports podcast with Barton Simmons, um, and he mentions that a lot, um, part of our 24-7 Sports family. I mean, going through it, um, they have the number one defensive tackle, the number two uh, uh, strong side defensive end, whose name is also Miles Murphy. Yes. I saw that commitment. That happened pretty recently. I was like, I wonder if that's the same guy. It's not. Um, number one pro style quarterback, number two running back, number three cornerback, number one safety, number two defensive tackle, number three defensive tackle, number four guard, which is Mitchell Mays out of Raleigh, 
who visited UNC a couple times. So, I mean, they have the top players at most of the positions, and they're rolling. And, I mean, this is who UNC is going to have to beat to win an ACC uh, championship. And yes. so, I mean, this is the cream of the crop. It doesn't seem like they are going anywhere at the top of the ACC. Um, they've won it last couple of years. They've obviously won a couple of national championships. Um, and that all kind of that rise is, is kind of thanks to Dabo Sweeney, what he's been able to do there, along with what the coordinators and keeping the, the top coordinators there. And, and I don't know, you're, you kind of cover this. What else has gone into Clemson's rise from a recruiting standpoint? Because we all know it comes down to the players. And they've been getting them, and they're continuing to getting them, and there's no sign that they're going to stop being one of the premier programs in the nation. Yeah, I think – well, Clemson has actually always recruited well. Even before Clemson became really good underneath Dabu Sweeney, uh, they've always been one of the top, um, top, I guess, teams in, in the rankings year in, year out. Uh, maybe not – definitely not to this extent. I mean – Right now, they're recruiting. Did you used to play the the um, NCAA game before uh, the Ed O'Bannon case came about and, and stole it away from us? <laughs> no, I play, I never played video games growing up. I played outside, played sport, uh, real, real sports. Okay, well, I definitely played it, and I played it a lot. And Clemson is recruiting to where you know when you well you don't, but when you have your dynasty and you're in like year five and you've won like three national championships and everything, and you're basically handpicking guys and yeah. you just have this completely unrealistic class. That's what Clemson is doing right now. But I think some of it is one, one thing is the, the continuity with the coaching staff has been huge. They, they don't, I'd have to go back and, and actually look, but they haven't lost very many from uh, their staff uh, a lot of these guys have been there for a very, very, very long time. And I, I think that's something that's not talked about a lot. I think we talk a lot about how Alabama loses guys like crazy, which is a, a testament to how good Nick Saban is. But with Clemson, they're they're keeping their guys, they're keeping um, Venables there, you know, one of the top uh, uh, defensive coordinators in the nation. And, and that has really kind of helped with recruiting and, and help you know, start early with guys. And then when you recruit a guy like, say, a Travis Shaw, Travis Shaw is probably going to be recruited by the same guy at Clemson for the next three years. Uh, and a lot of other schools, including North Carolina, the chances of that happening are, are very slim. And I think that really helps. And obviously winning a national championship last year and winning a national championship a couple of years before that it are, are huge in helping all this. Um, you know, they have a really good fan base. Uh, they have a great game day atmosphere. You know, uh, it's, you know, Clemson takes football very seriously. And um, I mean, it's know, just like, I hate to say it for all the UNC listeners, but you go to a Clemson game for a visit and then you go to Keenan Stadium for a visit and it's like night and day. Yeah. Um, I mean, and even, I mean, state too. I mean, state's got, got a much better game atmosphere than UNC has right now. So teams that are recruiting against Clemson, Wake Forest, um, I mean, it's nowhere close uh, to what at Duke, no, there's nowhere close to. The atmosphere. So a guy has an offer from Clemson. Uh, he's got you know the the great personality of Dabo Sweeney, and you have that. Like you said, I think a huge part is the maintaining the coaching staff. I think at one point, I think one year they didn't have any turnover. Rarely did they lose coaches. They're paying their coordinators a lot of money. You mentioned mm-hmm. Brent Venables. I brought up him as well. Um, occasionally they've lost some offensive coordinators. Overall, there's been so much continuity, and I think obviously success breeds success. So you, you want to join a winner, and obviously you're going to join a team that's you know consistently winning. 
uh, and has won national championships compared to a team that's struggling or having some turnover um, or that doesn't feel like there's a lot of security. I think also being close to Atlanta certainly helps when mm-hmm. you have the best collection of talent. Atlanta um, and Charlotte. Yes, they can, they can pick the best players of both. Now, Atlanta, when you continue, when you talk about suburban Atlanta, I mean, it's, it is the most, you think it's the most per capita talent or just the most in general in terms of players in one condensed area? How would you explain that? Because Florida's got, South Florida's got probably the most condensed talent, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously there's tons of, uh, I guess, studies on this stuff and, and people breaking it down, but... um I would imagine if you're just taking just the greater Atlanta area, which includes yeah. Gwinnett County and all, yes, they're getting guys in those areas, but they landed that, um, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this, Anga Lele, who is the, the top quarterback in the nation, um, and he's from California. They have a guy yeah. from Texas. They have all over the place. I mean, they're landing guys, and it's, it's definitely, you know, a um, – yeah, it's definitely impressive. The other thing I want, want before we move on that's also super impressive when I was doing the research for this is that they have for the for the top two four seven, which is not the top two four seven composite, top two four seven, they have the number one guy Brian Breezy, and the number three guy DJ Unga Lele, and the number two guy Jordan Birch is actually lead Clemson is leading in the uh the crystal ball with 80 percent so they had the chance to land a top three and already have two of them in the top two four seven it's just impressive I'm sure if you really hate Clemson you are probably vomiting <laughs> at this point yeah tons of Georgia players looking at now but you're right they're they're kind of picking better players you got Maryland kid California mm-hmm. kid Florida kid uh DC Texas so they're getting the best players where they want to and it's a uh tough train to stop right now so I think that is it for our football kind of talk. We're going to get into our top five now. Um, and we put this out in the last podcast about picking your um, kind of the top five players you want you to commit to UNC, your wish list. We're going to go through those quickly. But first, uh, Don, you, you put five guys as your top fast food restaurant last week, right? I did. I did. And I actually inspired me and I, when I was in Asheville – um, we went to a five guys. So I wanted to give you my review. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. I'm eager. I'm taking notes. That's right. So burger was great. I got, I love all the condiments. I got tons of add-ons. You can pretty much put anything on there. You want, you know, onions, how I uh, like grilled onions, jalapenos, all that stuff. So I got all that burger was great. Tons of fries. Like you said, I got Cajun fries with the seasoning. That was delicious. They had the little Coke machine. You can make your own Cokes. Food was great. Uh, the atmosphere was good. They had good employees there. The one thing, man, it was really expensive. Yeah, yeah. I got it, a, a, a normal bacon cheeseburger with a small Coke, small fries, and it was 15 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I mean, mentioned that last week. But, yeah, it's, it's, you're, paying, you're paying the cost that you would pay at, like, an Applebee's or whatever. You know, minus <laughs> you, don't, you don't get the, wait, the waitress, though. Yeah, I, I knew you'd be an Applebee's guy. Um, I did not expect you paying 15 bucks at a fast food place. I think anything. Did you have to wash dishes? I did not. Did your, Um, did your credit card, did your credit card be declined when you, it was not, but it was just crazy. I mean, you expect fast food and kind of the, the the part of the fast food is, is getting there without breaking the bank. And man, I mean, that's a 15 bucks for lunch is a lot. 
we don't want to spend too much time on that. Let's go straight into the listener submissions, uh, subscriber submissions. Um, we have the list here now. So Don is going to start. We're going to alternate reading uh, their picks of who they want um, quickly. And yes, there's so a lot I, of we broke a record. That's right. Um, 16 submissions. Our record prior record was 13. So um, I it, is Ross, are you taking responsibility <laughs> for this? Yeah, it's strange how the first time I host, we immediately break a record on submissions. So I don't know if they're related, but we'll go with that. So quickly, let's go through these. Uh, Don's will start. I'm going to go next. And there's a couple descriptions, which I, like a couple of little points that the guys make. Um, I think those are great as well. So we'll read some of those. And then Don is going to go through his list of what who he thinks UNC needs the most. All right. Um, before I get into that, remember, the, the next one is the top five territories. Get them to me via a Twitter or message board. Don Callian IC is my Twitter. Message board is Don Callian. Make sure you include your name and your location um, in addition to your top five. Yeah, and let's go through this. I mean, I, I sent you this via text. I mean, I think Charlotte is an area, Greensboro, the Triangle, right? Eastern North Carolina, Tidewater, Virginia, like Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, Greater Atlanta, and I put like Central Florida and South Florida. Are we missing any areas? South, you said South Carolina. Yeah, well, you could do upstates. Why don't we just kind of let them pick the pick the area, pick the actual okay. areas? I mean, because you know. Uh, maybe there's one that we're not thinking about. Those are just you know. some some ideas to get you started. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, all right, so here I go. Mike in Orlando. He has, this is in order, Des Evans, Trent Simpson, Jaquarius Conley. He says that's, it's a position of need. Uh, Jacoby Cohen um, and uh, Kedrick Bigley-Jones. Good stuff. Next is Deldrick from Lukama which is formerly Nightdale. I don't know what that means. But he has, he has Trenton Simmons. Oh, sorry. Trenton Simpson, number one. Des Evans, two. Jaquarius Conley, three. Joe Moore, four. And Jacoby Cohen at five. All right. We have Ken from Mannequin, Sabat, Virginia. I've never heard of this town. Um, I'm assuming in order, Desmond Evans, Jacoby Cohen, Mohammed. I'm sorry, um, Moose Mohammed. Uh, Kedrick Bigley-Jones, and Trent Simpson. All right. Good stuff. And then I have Terrell from Goldsboro. And I'm going to – he listed them in reverse order, but I'm going to go from the number one. He has Miles Murphy, number one. Des Evans, two. Jacoby Cohen, 2A. Uh, Trenton Simmons, number three. Jacoby Cohen, number four. And Kedrick Bigley-Jones at five. All right, we have Steve, uh, Steven from Unicole, Tennessee. Moose Muhammad, Miles Murphy, Trent Simpson, Des Evans, Kedrick Bigley-Jones. Great, and we have Dale from Waxhaw, and he has some descriptions for each guy, and I'll, I'll read those. Um, number one, Des Evans, a five-star national recruit in our backyard. Number two, Trent Simpson, player in probably our biggest area of need, linebacker, and at one of the top in-state schools, who annually produces Power 5 talent. That's a good point there. Number three, Moose Muhammad. The second, the ability to play now and develop into number one receiver. Number four, Miles Murphy. I think he would thrive as a strong side defensive end in Jay Bateman's schemes. Plus, UNC needs to reestablish a Greensboro pipeline. Number five, Jaquarius Conley, the perfect hybrid safety linebacker. 
reminds me of a young Roy Williams, the Oklahoma safety, who wasn't afraid to make plays in the box. All right, Cedric from Atlanta, he gives us, in order, Des Evans, Trent Simpson, Miles Murphy, slash Kedrick Bickley-Jones, Jaquarius Conley, and the number five, he threw in a little um, wild card here. It says, miracle win against Clemson and flip Mitchell Mays. I guess he thinks that that we're going to beat up Clemson and steal his bride. Um, or otherwise, we'll kick Colin uh, McLaughlin. Great. John from Alexander has a lot of the, the names we've seen already. One, Desmond Evans. Two, Trenton Simpson. Three, uh, Moose Muhammad. Four, Jaquarius Conley. And five, Kedrick Bigley Jones. All right. We have Garrett from Durham. He has Desmond Evans, Trenton Simpson, Kedrick Bigley Jones, Jaquarius Conley, and Quinton Williams. Phillips, Philip from Stedman, North Carolina. Never heard of that town either. Is He has Desmond Evans, one, Trenton Simmons, two, Kedrick Bigley Jones, three, Miles Murphy, four, and Jacoby Cohen, five. Those five names seem like the most common, I think. That yes. Looks right there. Yes. Um, we have Michael from, oh man, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, Altamonte Springs. Do you think that's right? Yeah, double A at the beginning there. Yeah, flew me off a little bit. All right. Number one, Des Evans, Trent Simpson, Jacoby Cohen, Jaquarius Conley, and Kedrick Bigley-Jones. Brent from Gilbert, Arizona. Shout out to our Arizona listeners. Uh, one, Desmond Evans. Two, Trenton Simpson. Three, Jacoby Cohen. Four, Kedrick Bigley-Jones. And five, Jaquarius Conley. All right, we have James from Parts Unknown. Kedrick Bigley, this is reverse. Kedrick Bigley-Jones. Moose Muhammad, Quinton Williams, Jacoby Cohen, and Desmond Evans. Paul from Morganton, North Carolina. One, Des Evans. Two, Trenton Simpson. Three, Quinton Williams, a new name we haven't seen yet. Four, Kedrick Bigley-Jones. Is it Bingley or Bigley? Uh, uh, Bingley. Bingley. I've been saying it wrong every time. But I think when you when you kind of say it fast, I mean, whenever I say it fast, I think it comes out as Bigley, but it's Bingley. Yeah. Okay, Bingley Jones. I apologize. And five, Jaquarius Conley. All right, Matt, also from Parts Unknown. See, you guys got to let us know where you're from, all right? Because Matt could be anywhere. <laughs> Matt could be my neighbor. I don't even know it. Um, anyway, Des Evans, Trent Simpson, Quinton Williams, Kedrick Big- Bingley Jones, Jaquarius Conley. And Jonathan, last one, from Charleston, South Carolina. He has one, Des Evans, two, Trent Simpson, three, Miles Murphy, four, Kedrick Bingley-Jones, and five, Moose Muhammad. All right. So am I to understand that Ross Martin did not do his homework and will not have a top five to present? <laughs> I could probably pull it together, but I, uh, you know, I'm an unbiased journalist. I try to stay out of, um, you know, picking what UNC needs and wants, but I can probably roll with something. Okay. All one right. thing, one thing I've noticed. Does UNC have any offensive linemen committed right now? I think they have one, right? They have two. They have um, Malik McGowan, Malik McGowan, and um, Zimmerman. How many are they going to take? Um, they'll at least take one more. Okay. I always think that linemen are the most important players. Okay. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right. Okay. Let's get All you right. five. All right. So. Um, number. I'll just start with number five. 
I went with just running back. And obviously I can go really, really crazy and um and you might you guys might think I'm on something and say Zachary Evans. Uh he's a five star guy from Texas who has mentioned North Carolina here and there, but I think that stuff will stop once he comes out with his top five soon because I don't think North Carolina is going to be on that top five. Um, he's, you know, he he doesn't mention North Carolina often, just a little bit, just to keep the uh, the posters uh, kind of, um, I guess, entertained a little bit. But uh, you are putting this guy in your top five. You're not. I, I'm just saying running back. Um, now, oh. if I if I had to pick just one, I would go Jameer Gibbs, but um, I could also go. Uh, DJ Jones from uh, Fayetteville. And, and I guess my, my, my mentality is, is I think North Carolina on offense for the most part, yes, there are still holes to fill on offense um, for this class. That is all right. I'm not talking about the team in general to talk about this class, but um, I just feel like they need a, a game breaking running back to, uh, to, I guess, uh, pair with um, Elijah Burris. And so, and in North Carolina feels that way also. They're definitely still recruiting a second running back. And I feel like um, they need that for that class. It's not a huge need compared to some of the defensive needs, but it's definitely a number five need. And Jameer Gibbs would be my number one choice. Well, Zachary Evans would be my number one choice, but that's that's a pipe dream. Um, all right, let's get so- your top five, man. What's all this talking about? All right. You're, just, you're, talking, you're beating around the bush. All right. So running back. All right. Number four, Moose Muhammad. He is obviously um, a guy that North Carolina is kind of sort of just battling with NC State for. And I think that if he doesn't end up at North Carolina, there's a very good chance he ends up at NC State. And that would not be good for UNC. Uh, he's right. also a, a polished guy who um, I feel like he would impact, make, a, make an impact as a, as a freshman for sure. Number three is Jaquarius Conley. Uh, he is a guy who's just an absolute player. Um, there's been very few players who I have went to their practices and I felt like they took practice more seriously than, than Conley. I mean, I feel like he's just, everything is business to this guy. Um, and I feel like he would bring that into college. Those are some of the, un, these, the intangibles that you can't really see with a lot of kids. And, and they end up tending to be the downfall of a lot of really good players because once they get to college, they don't take the practices seriously and all that. But uh, Conley has it. Plus he is a, Buck Sanders favorites. <laughs> All right. So number. <laughs> it took you forever to get to that. It took me forever to find it again. In, into the podcast to, to play the Buck Sanders music. Yeah, we got it. Well, you know, we have to pick up our Buck Sanders call out. So um, anyway. All right. Number two. Trent Simpson, we mentioned him a bunch earlier in the podcast. Two reasons is, I mean, I think he's an absolute player. Talked about why earlier. And also the, the Mallow Creek pipeline. That was really kind of what was a tiebreaker between him and, and Conley is, is that you, you can, whenever you could take a kid from Mallow Creek, you do it. And so my number one is... Dude, that's the worst drum roll. The, I did not, I did not sample that before posting it. So, Des Evans, I bet everybody was uh, didn't know what it was going to be. Obviously, he's a you know five star guy, top guy in state, and similar to Moose Muhammad, if he doesn't end up in North Carolina, there's a good chance he ends up at NC State. And if North Carolina really wants to uh, 
to have a top 15 class, I think, um, I think having a, um, a five star is a necessity, as, as the great and wise Buck Sanders has pointed out. So that is my top five. What are your thoughts, Ross? Uh, yeah, you had a lot of the same names a lot of our listeners had as well. I think, I think in-state recruiting is so important, and you have a couple guys here um, that are right around in the neighborhood with Des Evans and Trent Simpson and, and Miles Murphy. I would, Miles Murphy would be one of my top guys um, just to kind of start that Greensboro pipeline. He's a, a highly ranked defensive tackle. I think it's so hard to get defensive tackles. So you get Des Evans and Miles Murphy in the same class. That's a pretty good duo on the defensive line. Uh, moving ahead, um, wide receivers with, my, with Moose Muhammad is so key for this offense. And Trent Simpson seems like a very, very talented linebacker, and you can never have enough of those. All right, uh, Don, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close this podcast out, our second podcast together? No, I think um, hopefully this was a lot smoother than the last one, and I think uh, we'll get better with each one. So hopefully everyone's enjoying listening to uh, the new way that we're, we're doing these. Not much different from the, from the old way, but it is new. Good stuff. Get your five uh, top five UNC recruiting areas to Don this week, and we'll hopefully be back uh, next week with our third podcast. Um, but for now, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast